This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Welcome in everybody to the Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Report. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are on now the third leg of our Browns redraft, the 2001 NFL Draft. We will be redrafting for the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully you know the rules. You can draft any player at the pick that is up for Cleveland, from the, the any player that's on the board. This is not a redraft of the whole league. This is not looking at the whole class. Just a pick of who Cleveland could have selected to maximize value at each of their spots. We had 1999, the first draft back with Barry McBride, and then yesterday we had Fred Greetham on for the 2000 draft, where the first pick was pretty dang obvious. And I think this draft will have a pretty dang obvious first pick too, but that's okay. Um, we will welcome in Jared Mueller. Jared, how are you, my friend? You know, just living life in this uh, beautiful world we're trying to figure out and trying to enjoy some sun when I can, and I'm blessed that I, I still get to work. So, you know, I'm going to keep Keep enjoying the, the things that we can enjoy. I feel you, my friend. We will uh, we will go back in time. So we will look back here at the 2001 draft. It is the year Michael Vick is selected number one, in case everybody seems to somehow forget that. Um, the Browns, for the first time, selected not first overall in these redrafts. They're third overall. So they're coming off a 3-13 and season. Chris Palmer's done. And they bring in Butch Davis for the 2001 season um, and a new start. And... This draft was interesting, right? So they they select Gerard Warren, looking for interior defensive line help. Then they select Quincy Morgan, both of which I should mention. Gerard Warren, 10 years in the league, 9 years as a starter, 163 games. Not what the player everybody expected him to be, but certainly not a player that was an overall gigantic, like, huge bust. I mean, he had, let me see here, 36 and a half sacks in the league. He played for... Cleveland didn't get a second contract when he played with Cleveland, went to Denver, Oakland, bounced around, ended his career with New England. and um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, just a decent interior defensive lineman, but certainly not worthy of the number three pick in what was just a ridiculous draft uh, talent-wise. Uh, back to who they took in 2001, uh, Quincy Morgan, who was a, a nice player for a little while for Cleveland, ends up with 2,466 total yards, complimentary wide receiver, uh, James Jackson, the running back, uh, did not have a, a very long stay in the league, only 52 games, just barely over 1,000 yards. Anthony Henry, um, heck of a career for a fourth-round pick, 132nd pick. Your boy, Jeremiah Farms. Tell that story, Jared. Listen, Jeremiah Farms is one of those stories where you look back and you wonder how 
it, it tells you that the NFL, with all of the access they have and all of the, the background checks that they can do and, and, and everything they do, they still fail so dramatically. And so, you know, Jeremiah Farms is, you know, arrested for shooting and pistol whipping a man over 1500 or, yeah, $1,500 worth of marijuana, um, you know, going as a part of right after he's drafted, basically, and, and just a mess of a season or a mess of a career, quote unquote career, um, and stuff that as you hear about stories about him before the draft and what he was like in college, none of it surprised anybody, but, but you have this happen and, and it, it tells you that oftentimes when, when people have red flags, there's reasons for those red flags, right? And so when people show you who they are, trust them. That's that's a good saying for a reason. And so just a whole lot of hot mess coming out of out of him. And it was funny as I was prepping for this, his name obviously he did nothing in the league, but his name was just so like glaring when you looked at their draft. You're like, oh, I know that name almost as much as I know, you know, the first four round guys who you know, played in the league for a little while and, you know, at least were interesting. Uh, so just a, just one of those stories that the Browns seem to have tons of. Really isn't. It's just a wild story. So he doesn't play a game in the league. I think he makes it back to the Arena League later on in his, in his lifetime. But Michael Jackson's, a, or sorry, Michael Jamison's a sixth pick, a six-round pick. Paul uh, Zakowskis, um, the guard, which is only, like I noted on Twitter last night, was only the third offensive lineman they had taken <laughs> since since they came back, which is just wild. And then Andre King um, is the seventh-round pick. So this draft as a whole, I mentioned um, Michael Vick goes first overall. It's a pretty much a lock. Not the best player to come out of this draft by a long shot. Some names for you from this draft. Steve Hutchison, five-time first-team All-Pro guard, goes 17th, Hall of Famer. The other Hall of Famer from this class, Danny Tomlinson, uh, TCU, fantastic running back. He went third uh, over, or sorry, fifth overall to San Diego. And Richard Seymour, three first team All Pros. Chad Johnson, two first team All Pros. Chris Jenkins, defensive tackle with a couple All Pros. Steve Smith, All Pro. Pick after Cleveland, Justin Smith. He's a fantastic football player out of Missouri, defensive end. Um, 87 sacks, I think, led this draft class in sacks. Reggie Wayne's in this class. Young Drew Brees is in this class. Matt Light, Adrian Wilson, Leonard Davis, uh, going on and on and on and on and on. So a really talented group. And a, and a group that really its best players were taken, as most drafts are in the earlier rounds, but just some really top-heavy names. So, um, yeah, let's, let's dig in. So we're not picking first or second, so... If you go by, if you're following along, as I urge everybody to do if you're listening to these and you're sitting in front of a computer, the Pro Football Reference page, uh, the first two picks are Vic going to Atlanta and then Arizona takes Leonard Davis, the tackle, who has an, a nice career, three Pro Bowls, 10-year starter. Um, and the Browns certainly – and let, let me ca- give this caveat too, Jared. Like I'm not building on my team based on the previous draft. So like last draft we redrafted and Tom Brady went first overall. Like just we wiped that out. Like you can pick it. It's just right. redrafting. You're saying the Browns took who they took in 99, took who they took in 2000. Now we're just completely blank redrafting 2001. So with the first pick, third overall for the Browns, I think it's pretty obvious that given their situation as a franchise at the time, because we will keep that under consideration, where the franchise is at that time. Um, in 2000, um, sorry, in 2000, I guess to an extent. Like if, if it's Tom Brady, you, even though you had Tim Couch in hindsight, 
He probably still take <laughs> it. In this case, we're still taking Drew Brees, man. You can't you can't really argue with um, the numbers: seventy-seven thousand passing yards, five hundred forty-seven touchdowns, and on and on and on and on. I don't know how you could, given the Browns' situation, not take not take Drew Brees in that situation. Where do you, where where do you go with the with the third pick? You know, for me, I get it with Drew Brees, um, but unfortunately, I think too much. Uh, you know, as a mental health provider, I, I tend to do that. And I just wonder what Drew Brees would have been, just like Tim Couch, with that offensive line. And so, you know, for me, it really – Drew Brees is in the conversation as is LT. Um, to be honest, I think Justin Smith would be looked as a bust in Cleveland by Cleveland fans um, because he wasn't that defensive end that, you know, was rushing the passer, you know – turning the corner, those kind of things, you know, so for me, honestly, in the end, it actually would come down to, to Richard Seymour and Steve Hutchinson. And I know that sounds like two weird names, but given Tim couch on the roster, he's somebody, and maybe I get too dedicated to quarterbacks and who I already have on my roster, but he's someone I'm going to try to, I want to try to give, you know, a line to Uh, you, you put it out on Twitter uh, the other day, like, man, the Browns didn't invest in their line. They thought they could, you know, go cheap there and, and do some other things. And for me, even if you have Drew Brees, I'm wondering if he's going to make it four years if he's drafted with what Cleveland has done and continues to do, you know, over the next little bit of time. So for me, honestly, that's really the struggle. And I, I probably would end up going with Richard Seymour, um, even though Steve Hutchinson kind of fills everything I just talked about, um, just because, you know, he's a guard and what we valued back then. Um, even though what we know about Drew Brees now, I don't think I don't think he becomes that Drew Brees. And obviously the Chargers, you know, they had they drafted LT, got Drew Brees later, you know, in that trade down with Atlanta. Um, you know, they just had some things around Drew Brees and set Drew Brees up to be successful that I don't think the Browns have done for their quarterbacks very much um, until you know the line that came in with Joe Thomas, Alex Mack, Mitchell Schwartz, those kind of things. I don't blame you. There's, I mean, there's a lot of talented guys here. Uh, so I, I, I consider Hutchison like crazy because I don't think it really matters where you go. Interior offensive linemen are going to figure out a way. If you're really good, you're going to be really good. So uh, I'm doing a little bit of that. Drew Brees is still going to become at least a variation of the really good Drew Brees, and that's good <laughs> enough for me. So um, I'm taking him third. And then next is the third pick of the second round. So this is a draft where in the first four picks they don't have any movement. They didn't, they didn't move up any picks or get any picks or anything like that. So uh, looking at who is available at this point, uh, I went with – let me sort these picks right again. Ironically enough, uh, let's see here. If I can sort it, folks, that's the challenge here. We're going to sort by Pro Bowls because I think this is where I can pull up his stats quick enough. A guy picked uh, with pick 61, so later in the second round, who ended up getting to Cleveland for a while. <laughs> I went with Sean Rogers um, as a defensive tackle who had 37 and a half sacks. He had three Pro Bowl seasons, and uh, I just liked him. And I liked that. I know that the Browns at that time needed interior defensive line help, and he had a heck of a 2008 with Cleveland in his first year coming over. Um, but yeah, just a guy who plugged the run game into the time in the NFL where teams. We're running the football predominantly um, quite often, and you needed somebody on the interior, and that's why they drafted Gerard Warren. And, um, you know, I just like Sean Rogers, and I think maybe I'm a little skewed by how well he played those first two years in Cleveland, but I think it's a worthwhile pick at that spot. And, yeah, that's – I mean, listen, Big Baby was, uh, you know, just an interesting player in there, and 
Um, you know, Gerard Warren, I think he was big money or something like that. So big is good in the middle there. For me, uh, because I didn't go with Hutchinson in the first round, uh, I'm actually coming with a Greenville, Ohio gentleman, uh, Matt Light, who was drafted in the second round um, by the New England Patriots, stayed with them for a decade uh, and just had a very, very good career. Um, he was somebody who was just was there like he was going to be a solid offensive lineman and he was going to put Tim Couch in you know in a better place to succeed um, which is why he's the pick over someone like Chad Johnson Uh, you know a a wide receiver to make the quarterback's life easier only matters if the quarterback has time to uh, get the ball to that wide receiver and so you know as I'm building I'm almost always going to build start with quarterback and then I'm going to hit the lines. And so with my first two picks, I've got a defensive lineman who I think is uh, a, a, a game changer, uh, is a culture setter. And then Matt Light, uh, similarly a little bit quieter there on the offensive line. And interestingly enough, I just selected two Patriots. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. I, I've, I've seemed to have been going quarterback tack or quarterback wide receiver in all of these drafts. And I was really close to considering Chad Johnson, who was picked 36. So the four picks behind the Quincy Morgan pick for Cleveland, but um, I think there's a really good third-round wide receiver, so I cheated a little bit here and <laughs> went with a, a guy I thought on the defensive line would be really good. And then, uh, probably in retrospect, I should have gone with Matt Light because I'm, I'm, I'm bitching on social media about taking offensive linemen, and then I, then I passed yesterday. Or, sorry, I passed today. So let's go round three now. James Jackson, pick 65, running back, does absolutely nothing in his Cleveland career, worth noting. Uh, some really good players on the board here. So I went with Steve Smith, who was picked 74, Carolina Panthers. Dude was just tough as nails. Uh, Talk about guy like we like Jarvis for all the reasons that Steve Smith was really fun, right? Leader type, bravado, uh, undervalued, underrated, but always kick people's asses, man. Like it just 14,731 receiving yards, 81 touchdowns, 1,031 catches. Um yeah, just just a fun player, dude, and I, I would I would have loved to have had, had him in Cleveland. Oh, absolutely, and like the idea of Steve Smith, he's my pick as well. Like that was easy for me. Um, you know, I love not just the bravado, but the toughness. Like, you know, to think of him and Heinz Ward in the same division, you know, around that time, um, you know, in the in the early two thousands, and and what that would be, and you know, Steve Smith, unlike Heinz Ward and unlike Jarvis Landry, I think was a true number one receiver. You know, his ability to, um, you know, get deep make plays on the ball all you know he, he was everything we hoped Corey coleman could have become a a miniature or a small version of of steve smith you know with size and all of that kind of stuff strength that kind of stuff yeah steve smith you know i you know you put that tim couch could be actually be a player right like he's someone people would actually know about if he has an offensive line I mean, like matt light and then he's got steve smith who steve is going to will you to an extra win or two and i think that's what we see with jarvis as well yeah, it's you needed, and I I know they had taken Northcutt and they'd taken Kevin Johnson, but and those guys are Don't care. I guess they're kind of all built the same. But yeah, you would hope at this time that it wouldn't matter, right? You would value wide receivers have to get open, and just a weird thinking of where the the league was in two thousand one. So um, yeah, let's move to pick four. So around four, I should say, pick ninety seven. There's there's very few. Okay, like Rudy Johnson made a Pro Bowl, had a decent little stretch <laughs> there, five year starter in Cincinnati. Um, I'm trying to look at who else made Pro Bowls behind the Anthony Henry pick. 
TJ Hushmanzada, Hushmanzod, Hushmanzod. What did he call him on that ESPN? TJ Hushmanzada. 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 Yeah, yeah. Hushmanzada was really good, man. He he had a nice seventh round pick. Um, ironically enough, out of Oregon State, the same as Chad. Had a nice run with Cincinnati, 44 touchdowns. He had a, he had a Pro Bowl in there, 627 receptions. He is the only other Pro Bowl player below the Henry pick in the fourth round. So pickings are slim. And look, I am going to do the unthinkable, and that is stick with a pick that the Browns made. I am going to stick with Anthony Henry, who had no Pro Bowls, but he was a five-year starter, and his rookie contract with Cleveland was really freaking good, man. Uh, he had 10 interceptions his rookie year. I don't know if everyone remembers that or not. Uh, a touchdown. He had, um, if my math is right here, he had 18 interceptions in his four years with the Browns, which is really phenomenal stuff. Um, you know, pretty decent playing the run, too. He went to Dallas and played in Dallas for a while. But 31 interceptions in his career. You know, the guy played 132 games, started 196 of them, uh, 512 tackles. Career. I, th- I mean, that's all you want for a, for a fourth-round defensive back. And, you know, if you got you find a guy who can get 10 interceptions in a season, man, that's like, especially getting him in the fourth round and beyond, it's just a home run. So I am sticking with Anthony Henry, the first pick that the Browns have made in these first three that is uh, an original pick. Yeah, he was one of the guys that, that I looked at. Um, there was, a, you know, a couple others that kind of caught my eye, mostly because, man, there's some interesting names in this draft, just general names. Like at 146, the Steelers drafted someone named Chucky Kobe, um, mm. and Josh Booty, the quarterback out of USC. You know, there were a couple names. I did, I did pass on Chris Winkie. I'll have you know that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Chris Winkie was a few picks behind the 29-year-old Florida State uh, quarterback. <laughs> he was picked 106, and then I also saw Bill Gramatica in here as well. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. AJ Feely was another name, at least a you know, funny name. You know, for me, uh, I'm actually going to continue. I-, I liked and like Anthony Henry um, and everything that he did, and and again, it, it comes down to maybe positional value for me once again, and I'm and name. So uh, I'm going to go with someone who went by the name of Porkchop, uh, and that is Floyd Womack, drafted at 128 by the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the offensive lineman who played a little tackle, a little guard, 11 years of experience. But in the fourth round, if I can get a semi-starter level offensive lineman uh, to go along with Matt Light, uh, I'm just going to do that. Like, again, it is it is Jared 101. Like, I need weapons, but I've got Steve Smith. And I've got Tim Couch, who I think would have been a really good quarterback with some kind of defensive line and or I'm sorry, offensive line and some kind of stability, kind of an offensive system and coaching staff, all that stuff that we've never had in Cleveland. Um, and so I'm going to draft Floyd Porkchop Womack out of Mississippi State, and I'm going to continue to solidify my offensive line. I'm going to spend as much money on my offensive and defensive line and a much as much draft assets as I can. And the added bonus that he has the nickname of pork chop, which I like. Another, you, you mentioned AJ Feely, AJ Touchy Feely, if you remember the yep. uh, Chris Berman days. <laughs> uh, that was always a fantastic one. Um, yeah, dude, this that's a good draft. I mean, I, I I'm certainly being a little bit hypocritical by by not not taking more offensive linemen in this. So if you were listening to to me yesterday, I need to be a little better at this. So I'm going to make that my goal in 2002. But this was fun. So I came out with Bree, Sean Rogers, Steve Smith, Anthony Henry. You went. Um, Richard, so Richard Seymour, Seymour Matt, Matt Light, Light yep. Steve Smith, and Porkchop Womack. All right, man. 
Good draft. Certainly much better than the Browns put together, which will be a common theme in all of these. So, um, listen, buddy, thanks for taking time, Jared. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, tell anything you want to plug for the fans, any writing coming up, anything like that? Um, so just a little thing that I think you guys will probably have in your head when I say it, but um, I'm really intrigued to watch this year, the relationship between J.C. Treader and the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, as the president of the NFLPA, he has one responsibility in that job that is maybe totally against his responsibility as a Cleveland Brown. And that doesn't mean they can't pull it off, but I think it's just going to be really interesting to look at. And we've already seen some of that uh, from the letters that he has written uh, about the responsibility as the NFLPA president and taking care of the players as a whole, which could seem to go against maybe seem to go against his role, um, you know, as a teammate and a team member of the Cleveland Browns. So I'm just really intrigued to watch that. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad, but it's something that I just am intrigued to watch. Likewise, it's it's decisions are going to have to be made in the, in the in the few short weeks coming up because it's about to get very real for a lot of people in the NBA and all of that stuff's kicking up. So we'll keep a close eye on that. We'll report any news that we find. Big thanks to Jared for joining us as usual, taking time out of his night. And I hope you guys are enjoying these. I would love feedback. If you guys want to you know, chat about players you think we should have picked or anything like that, let me know. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, either the OBR or OBR Film Breakdown, uh, Twitter handles, uh, any of that stuff. We appreciate it. Join us at the OBR. Subscribe with us before the season starts. I know we're going to get rocking and rolling again here soon with some heavy content. And then make sure you're subscribing to the iTunes channel as well. We appreciate all the support, the reviews, and um, you know, written responses. All of that stuff is greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with 2002. Thanks, guys. Until next time, go Browns.